Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus. A salty, slightly cynical conversation about epilepsy, neurological disorders, and occasional random tangents. Together, we explore the synaptic jolts that short-circuit one's world and the mental and emotional fallout that comes from them. And if that sounds heavy, don't worry, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Side. And uh, before we get any further, let's definitely uh, do an intro, shall we? Why not? Before we forget, or before we forget, and recording's on, we're looking good. Everybody's right side up. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies, well, that's right there. That, exactly, exactly. Thanks for joining us, friends, family, and neighbors, and randoms. Thanks for joining. I'm Micah B. Side. I'm your host and electrostatic meat sack, and I'm here with a dear friend, both on mic and and off. For those who have listened to Seizure Salad for a little while, you know this man, and. Uh, yeah, for those who haven't, let me introduce Mark DeFee. Mark is a great guy. He's a licensed therapist and coach and a fellow epileptic. And we've got some great news today. Mark has launched a full-time career. I'm really, really happy and proud for you, my man. Mark, how you doing today? And tell us, tell us about this new new gig you've started. Yeah, thanks, Micah. And yeah, doing doing great. It's good to see you. Always a, a pleasure chatting, like you said, both on and off mic. Uh, I'd, I'd been in a career for 17 years or in a field for 17 years that focused on workplace mental health. And uh, like you said, I'm a therapist and a coach and decided it was time to do my own thing. And so uh, in October, stepped out of my day job, uh, you know, a nice stable paycheck there to uh, become my own boss as a coach and a speaker working with people both individually as well as uh, in group settings and then working with companies doing speaking at you know corporate events as well as skills based trainings for leaders and individual contributors on how do you make you know a better workplace a healthier you know more psychologically healthy workplace is is my focus and uh, we had our second kiddo in April. So she's, uh, seven and a half months. So talk about, uh, taking on some stress in 2021 on top of everything else happening in the world. I decided to, you know, do those two things and then balancing epilepsy. It's, it's always a fun, uh, fun day, <laughs> man. That's an understatement of the century right there. So we know you've, you're trained and licensed to um, do therapy and coaching. And obviously adding that to the mix would be just overkill for sure. And, and anybody who's been a father um, or a parent knows how much is involved when it comes to that. Mm. Oh man. Yeah. Was that one of the main catalysts for this shift or was there more involved something deeper? At, yes and no. I mean, I'd been thinking about this for God, probably six years now. Um, I, you know, my wife went through some uh, a ba a battle with cancer in 2015 and multiple rounds of chemotherapy. And uh, it was just one of those realizations that we both wanted something different. And so she spent a few years kind of looking around and we talked about everything from opening a doggy daycare to moving to Europe to buying healthy food vending machines, you know, that, that we would run, like we looked at everything and, and we laughed that at the end of the day, 
what she wanted was to go back to corporate America and a gigantic corporation uh, in retail. Uh, so that's just where her passion is. She's with North Face now and really likes it. But um, we gave her some space to uh, find her path and during that time, I had a side practice as a coach and I was doing speaking gigs here and there, but I had a full-time job and we had a, a three-year-old and uh, we have a three-year-old now who born in 2018. So all that was going on. And uh, I knew at some point I was going to step out. We just needed to make sure the timing was right. And uh, when when we got pregnant with the second, I was like, okay, well, we, we definitely need to, to stick around because me leaving before the baby comes would be just a little nerve wracking, but my company, you know, I, I didn't leave for any other reason other than I wanted to do something on my own. And it wasn't like I was upset with my company. They actually gave incredible paternity benefits. And so I took six weeks off and it was during that six weeks that I, I really kind of came to realize that at this point in my life, at this point in my career, I, I, re I fear regret more than failure. So I, I fear that old Mark sitting back going, man, why didn't I take more chances? You know, why didn't I just take that leap and give it a try? I might've fallen flat, but at least I would have had some fun stories <laughs> as, as an old geezer about, Hey, remember the time I made an idiot of myself uh, online and trying to, you know, do my own thing. Like I'd rather have that, uh, that feeling of, I tried it and failing compared to just in the future going, I didn't even give it a shot. I mean, how, how do I, I don't want my kids to know me as a client executive for a health insurance company. And that's what I, I was uh, before all this. And so it was being on that paternity leave, that realization that, yeah, this is going to be tough. It's um, much easier to stay in this jo job and, uh, you know, raise these two kids and all that, but it, but it wouldn't have fulfilled me. And so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm that big believer that we, if, if we are patient and we do it right, you know, we, we can have everything we aim for, but part of that is what are you aiming for? You know, if I had said, I, I'm quitting my job to go try out for the NBA, it's like, ah, I don't know if I would achieve that goal, but, um, you know, we've been planning for this for a few years. I've been very realistic on where my skill set is and where my interests lie. So, uh, when we have achievable goals, I guess I'll say it is, you know, what I wanted to focus on and so far so good, but I'm not going to lie. There are some days where it's like, man, I wish that I had that steady paycheck that I knew was coming this Friday, but um, yeah. it also allows me to do stuff like this, have more time for you and I to chat and to really focus in on some different passions. So all around been a lot of fun, but yeah, I've left in October. So the past two months have been a whirlwind. Oh, Lord, yes. Lord, yes. And you think, you know, oh, I'm leaving the job. I'm going to have so much time. But then all the stuff that you have to do to get the career going and all the peripheral things that, you know, the, when you were working the paycheck job, they had a marketing department for that. They had, had, yeah. they had an administrative department for that yeah. and a bookkeeping department for that. And you're doing all of it yourself now. So you're actually working, yeah, you're working harder to, to get this going than you worked during the corporate job. Well, it's also weird because, uh, you know, the, the corporate job, I, I worked for Anthem 60,000 employees 
and you have to get approval for everything. You know, did legal sign off on this? Well, you know, did the marketing committee approve it? You know, what's underwriting think? What about networks? Like everybody. So nowadays when like I, I have a company that I'm contracting with, they ask me a question. It's like, oh, I can just answer this uh, <laughs> and not have to say, hey, I'm waiting to hear back from so-and-so before I can give you an answer, uh, But it, which is really nice. But I'll, at the same time, it's like, oh, I, it's just me making these decisions. I, I think I know what I'm doing, but guess we'll find out. There, the, the, the flip side of it is like, oh, there's a little responsibility in here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I got this. I hope I got this. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. You're like putting on your legal hat for contracting and your marketing hat and, you know, sales and all that. And it's just, it's fun, but yeah, it is a lot. And and that comes into the, um, that responsibility thing and, and it's growing into the responsibilities that come with this kind of leadership that you're going into. And you know, you're very successful at what you've done, even when it was just a side side business while you were with Anthem for those those years. And I'm starting to feel a little bit like this is happening to me um, inadvertently. And I'm I'm having to learn how to take this. And we, we talked about this actually last week. I guess we'll admit I'm going to admit because it was entirely my I was gonna fault. Say, I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Mark and I actually talked last week for, God, it was like two hours. And it was a great conversation, great conversation. And at the end of it, uh, we realized that nobody had hit record. Yeah. <laughs> that, that nobody being me. And so, yeah, this is our makeup. And yeah, I feel awful about that. But we're speaking of, let, let's just confirm. Wait, we got the recording light going? Yep, yes. there we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ooh, but but it was like we hadn't caught up in quite some time. So um, even when we said, hey, let's reschedule the next week, I was like, I, I know Mike and I are going to have something to talk about because it's been a while since we, oh, we've really chatted outside of those two hours. So Yeah, and and that two-hour talk, to what it wasn't in vain by any means because we had so much to catch up on. For sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but back to the topic, back to the point here is that, um, as we were talking about last week, I'm finding, I just got asked to be the co-group leader for the Northern Colorado and Wyoming epilepsy nice. support group. And I'm starting to take on that responsibility. Uh, and through seizure salad, I've, I'm finding that listeners and people who are caretakers and, and such, um, are reaching out to me, um, for guidance and support and, I don't have all the answers and I have to be cognizant of this and I have to be cognizant of how I respond and how I take care of them. And I have to be very aware of not just what they're saying, but how they're saying it and why they're saying it to me. And this this goes right back into that responsibility thing. And the leadership thing isn't just a leadership role isn't just sitting back and saying, you do this, you do this, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And I'm learning real fast because I was always one of those people that shirked leadership. I shirked organizations. I, I, I tried to live outside of the lines as long as I possibly could. And now that I have a purpose, now that there's a reason for me to stick around and and now that I want to at least try to get back into some semblance of civilization again and, and help, um, it's, there is a lot of responsibility that comes, 
comes with this. Yeah, and I can't be stoic about it. I can't... Well, you got to be a little bit stoic about it. You can't let your, your emotions get in the way of these decisions and interpretations. But you can't, you can't be a rock. You can't be a stone with these people. I think one of the reasons why people have come to me and why, why I'm being seen as some type of, of leader is because I've been able to, to show a vulnerable side, to show that I've been there and that I'm not perfect and that I make mistakes. I think one of the reasons you command leadership, and that's such a weird word, command I leadership. Say, uh, <laughs> right? Well, thank you. I don't know where you're going with this, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the w I think the reason you draw people to you through your coaching and just just through your presence, I, I came to you because you were, you were a mentor and, and you were in support and guidance. It was because you weren't perfect. You didn't, you didn't portray yourself uh, as, as I've beat this and so can you. And you showed a vulnerable side. You showed a, a side that this still hits me once in a while. And, and you're reaching through it and you're working through it. You yes. know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, I work with a few different marketing coaches and they talk quite a bit about how one of the, the biggest missteps people can make when they want to become, you know, coaches and speakers and educators and, you know, for lack of a better term, influencers uh, is they try and separate themselves from their audience. They try this approach of, Hey, look at me. I can show you what perfect looks like. And, you know, you follow me type thing. And now they're up on this pedestal looking down at their audience and they're saying, you know, that turns people off. They, people want someone who walks among them, uh, who looks like them, talks like them, you know, has the same issues and yeah. you know, says, Hey, I, I've studied, I've chosen to, you know, spend my days learning about human behavior and this type stuff, but that no way means I, I know everything or even know what I'm talking about at times. And, and so I really um, appreciate that. Cause I look back and go, yeah, you know, those, those were the moments that really moved me when leaders said something that was a little bit more personal or more like you said, the word vulnerable than I was expecting in a moment. And it's like, that that's what stuck with me. And I imagine that sticks with other people because in those difficult moments, especially like in work, you kind of in the back of your mind expect what they're going to say. Oh, they're going to say, you know, the corporate line about whatever. But then when a leader comes out and they're like, man, I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm fucking struggling right now. It's like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that at all. And, and, and so it's, it's that vulnerability that I, I think makes all the difference because no one's perfect. If you're trying to portray that, I imagine it's exhausting. <laughs> and yeah. You're isolating yourself from the people that you want to help. You're putting yourself on an island. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and this, this brings me to a really good question, I think, is um, this, this kind of approach and this kind of philosophy, and I agree with you completely, um, is, is this kind of the way you approach your coaching as well with individuals and especially with, with your um, businesses and companies? Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's really probably the primary reason why I switched from counseling to coaching because, you know, in, in counseling, uh, 
I'm assessing you. I'm diagnosing you. I'm putting a treatment plan in place saying, here's how you get it. This is to my sick kids. Time to flip this shit. Depakote, Adderall, Ritalin, Pixie Sticks. I don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun. Use it as a weapon when it's said and done. It's all too much. Said it's all too much. Said it's all too much. 